you're listening to Star Trek Sucks, the only Star Trek podcast. Now here are your hosts, Jack Gunn and Leal Cardoza. Star Trek! Yep. It's a podcast about Star Trek. It's called Star Trek Sucks? Yeah. I'm Leal, I like Star Trek. Hi, I'm Jack, I don't like Star Trek. Uh... This is that's it. That's, that's the, it. That's the premise. See you next week. Bye. <laughs> We're gonna. That's the whole show now. We're doing a minimalist for forty-five now. seconds of us saying the premise of the show. Yeah. Um, Jack, how are you? We haven't uh, we haven't done a regular episode uh, in a it bit. It's been a while. We got a little too far ahead on the regular episodes. Yeah, we wanted to get closer to real time so mm-hmm. that so it, that I would have a prayer of remembering what happened on last <laughs> week's one, which. I do not know before you even fucking ask. No fucking idea. Uh, actually, I don't remember either. So uh, uh, why don't why don't you, why don't you talk about uh, I don't know current events or something <laughs> while, yeah, while I look up? I do remember what's coming up next. Okay. Um, what we're watching today, but I don't remember what the last one was. Uh, the current events are bad um there's some hope though um there's some stuff that the media isn't reporting on because their class interests are not aligned with yours but um there's a major dock workers strike that has closed the entire west coast yeah um which that was just for friday right yeah for juneteenth but that's like a that's a big about a billion dollars of economic impact yeah um check that out uh pretty cool yeah that's it's good yeah um there's a reason the media is not reporting on that because they don't want you to get any ideas about that. Yeah. Because that would actually uh, challenge power. Speaking of um, unions and collective bargaining, uh, I really hope, and and there, there's been, um, damn it, I'm forgetting the details on this, but at least one police union um, was basically shunned from the union's union. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I can't remember the, which one it is either. That, but um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, I, I really feel like if one of the functions of your union is um, beating the shit out of members of other unions when right. they try to do union things. The main function. Yeah. Even. I mean, not, not the union activity specifically, but the main function is to suppress other people in the working class. They don't. Yeah. Police aren't working class. Yeah they're a different they're a different thing yeah they're a different thing with class at the beginning and then another word after that that mm-hmm. means to betray mm-hmm. yeah i don't know what that phrase would be yeah. anyway on this star trek podcast um last week uh there were there were klingons involved interesting Riker, probably. Oh, that's right. It was the it was the exchange program. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I like that episode. <laughs> <laughs> did I say to watch that last week? I don't I remember. I, I think I did. I think I liked it. I, it's it's been long enough between between records. I edited that episode ages ago, and I and I haven't listened to it since I since I edited it. So I don't recall uh, what our. I think we both landed on that as a watch, though. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because um, yeah, I remember thinking it was pretty decent, and yeah, certainly the fact that uh, 
that Riker lost his Klingon virginity and hopefully had some personal revelations about his whoring. Don't slut shame Riker. He's harm. He's he's doing it the right way. Is he? Yeah. When has he ever been coercive or weird? No, no, or, or, absolutely, or, absolutely. No, I no disagreement there whatsoever. Um, but he is not doing it. It doesn't seem like he's doing it with a like a, a joyfulness to the sexual experience as much as a, a compulsiveness. Um, I that, disagree. Oh, okay. He he has that. He always has that look in his eye. He loves it. I mean, he doesn't anymore. I think he got real shaken by that Klingon threesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. Is the thing you want him to realize that he shouldn't take any pleasure in it? No, the no. The diplomatic lingerie episode. He he was fucking having the time that, of his life. Absolutely true. Absolutely. Agree. Like, do you want? Like, is the lesson you want for him him to have that taken away from him? No. I just don't want him to be compulsively trying to fuck every single woman as if he's trying cuz it really was like the Klingon chicks what that was his that was his first fucking thought when sure. they, he and Picard are in the little like the the simulation the, you know the uh the the training room uh the the target room target shooting and uh and Riker's like yeah I'd be into that cuz he wants to fuck a Klingon chick because he's never fucked a Klingon chick right he's adventurous <sighs> I don't. I if it was compulsive, he would have tried to fuck uh, uh, Tasha. He'd be trying to fuck Crusher. He'd be he. Well, Troy is a thing, but yeah. Um, but like, there are plenty of women on the ship that he is completely professional with and never gets never gets uh, any kind of. You never get any kind of vibe off of him about it. I guess that's true. Okay. All right, Riker. Good. Riker's Riker's on a good, healthy, emotionally healthy sex journey. It's. I guess. I just want to make the point that it's like it's okay to be sexually adventurous, because I think that like, I think maybe like where some of the creepy shit comes from is like. It's almost like there's just no other option. Like if you if you're, sort of yeah. If you feel like sexually adventurous, you kind of just end up end up being shelved on the creepy shelf and then you're like well i guess if i'm here i might as well be a fucking creep yeah and i the, that's a it's a dangerous line to walk because it does kind of let people who have done creepy shit off the hook but i do think that just no, not in, i'm not not at all like yeah you're i know still that's responsible not, I know, for yeah, your actions yeah but. i know that's not not your intention um but uh but i think you're right and this goes to a lot of um just bad behavior where sexuality is concerned and it goes to uh you know like people like mike pence and um and other people who are clearly clo- and uh, uh mitch mcconnell um or i don't not- think mike pence is a closet case there's a lot going on there i'm pretty i don't know i i don't think he's i don't think it's as simple as him being a closet gay man i think there's like he's a closet something yeah something's going on there but whatever it is, and and, and uh, you know, like Marcus Bachman, Michelle Bachman's husband. Yeah, that uh, is a like, that is the the gayest. How like he is fucking like uh, like uh, rip torn or what's the I can't remember who it was who you were mentioning who was on Hollywood Squares that we were talking about. Rip torn. Rip torn is one of the straightest men to ever live. Uh, uh, but I know, yeah, like I mean, there were a oh, bunch yeah, of guys no. like that on on like Hollywood Squares where it's like, yeah, I wonder when that guy is gonna settle down and find a nice lady. And it's like, come on. Yeah, come on. <laughs> um, 
who the hell am I thinking of? That's not. Yeah, you're right. It's not Rip. It's Torn. not Rip Torn. The guy who uh, he was uh, the confetti guy, super gay mustache. Yeah, yeah always yeah. threw confetti all over the place. I can't remember. Anyway, uh, listeners, get at us on Twitter if you know what I'm talking about. You can tweet. <laughs> You can tweet at both of us at Ship Facts. This you can- is the suggestion least likely to get any engagement out of anything we've ever done in this segment. <laughs> Tell me what I'm talking about. What do I mean right now? Actually, now that I think about what I see on Twitter, well, if we were women, this would definitely get some engagement, but maybe I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Um, people love to correct people on Twitter is what I'm getting at. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, there's been a huge thing uh, going on on comedy Twitter recently over this guy who I um, I didn't I, I'm not familiar with Chris Delia's work at all. It is dog shit. Is it okay? I tried to. He had a Netflix special and I put it on and had to turn it off like ten minutes. He he laughs at every single one of his own jokes. Ugh. Like he has that style of delivery, and it's like. Look, I kind of laugh and and fuck around when I'm on stage, but like, yeah, we all do. Like, we all do it. You should be having fun. Yeah, but, but he has like a, an obnoxious smug laugh that he fucking like a giggle that he puts in after his own punchlines, and it's like there's no way that can be organic at the by, by the time you've done the joke so many fucking times that you're filming a special, that's not organic. Anymore. Yeah, that's not being loose and improvisational. That's just your style, and it sucks dick. Yeah, and it's one of the things that bot and I'm going to be very, very cautious about criticizing who I'm about to criticize, just because there's so much good in his work, uh, and especially the thing that he just released about um, George Floyd and police brutality, which if you haven't seen Play 46, absolutely watch it. Um, and and there's so like the the guy has uh, accomplished so much and written so much brilliant material and, and, and that special is absolutely worth, uh, worth watching. Uh, but one of the things that he does that drives me nuts every time I see him do it is he like breaks up at the premise of whatever he's just said mm. and like kind of folds over at the waist and like, bent and like hits the mic against yeah. his own leg. Um, and almost without fail, whenever he does that, the thing that he has just said has not made me laugh at all. Right. Yeah, and it's also, um, it's like he was probably the first guy to. It's a it's a thing that you can't really separate now, and this is this goes back to what I was talking about about comedy not aging well. Now we've seen a million people copy that, or or do their own spin on that kind of affectation. Mm-hmm. A million, infinitely less talented people. Right, Chappelle's one of the greatest comics of all time. Yeah. Oh, I also don't want to gloss over like he had some he's had some pretty problematic shit about trans people yeah. and and stuff. What and kind of doubled like, down on it. Yeah, but he's like an old rich person. Like I don't know what you fucking well, expect. He's an old rich these, person and comics. he's he's I don't know. I think he, I'd have to I'd have to remember what I uh what he actually said to uh to update my right. kind of opinion on it. Um, but I mean, I think it was kind of some just asking questions kind of shit. And it's like, I just, I don't want to be insensitive to people that find that more offensive than I do. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a tough line to walk. Um, well, what drives me nuts about it is that he did. And I think what JK Rowling has done on that subject has been worse. Oh, um, vastly but, worse. Yeah. But what Chappelle, uh, did is failed to listen to the people who are actually 
in the community that he's yes. referencing because he thinks that he's not like he doesn't think he's doing anything bad he doesn't mean to offend you know in big air quotes right um like he just thinks he's oh i'm just making a joke or whatever yeah um, and it seems like that's actually probably in good faith but he's just too dumb to yeah to and shut he, up and listen because he, again he is old and rich and famous yeah and those are not qualities that engender a lot of uh listening skills in yeah. people um, so it's not surprising, and you know, you'll basically any time a comic is around long enough and is successful enough, they're going to take a reactionary turn on something, and yeah. because it's not, it's it's a it's an art form that rewards a certain type of dumbness um, that maybe doesn't translate very well to social commentary, well, which I, is why I get annoyed by everybody treating comics like they should be. Social commentary, right? Commentariat, commentariers. Um, I mean, you're right, but then you also look at at uh, at, at like what Chappelle did in his most recent special and stuff that um, George Carlin did, you know, decades ago. Like we're like there's still some of Gar Carlin's points, even though sometimes the way that he makes his points doesn't hold up as well. But some of the sh shit that he talked about that actually does hold up uh, really well and and uh you know other older comics like prior and uh, and stuff like that where you can look at some of what they had to say and you're like holy shit that was like that was really prescient that mm -hmm. that made a a great you know point at the time but then and then you know the flip yeah, side but is all of those bits are like the least funny shit that they have like i actually really don't like carlin very much because most of his shit is just preaching and it's not actually particularly funny it's just making a good point sometimes yeah um like the shit that he's famous for yeah um, I'm sure he's a very good comic, and if I dug into his back catalog, I'd probably find some jokes I really love. But most of the shit that he's famous for that people share on social media, they're not sharing because they think it's funny. They're sharing because it's like, damn, destroying the conservatives with George Carlin logic. And it's like, isn't this supposed to be entertainment? Fair. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess sort of your the point you're getting at is like, if you're going to be a comedian, be a comedian. And mm -hmm. if you're not going to be a comedian, then don't be a comedian. But what, you know, yeah, the the unfunny social commentary part of comedy. But and my, and my I guess my perspective on that is that was one of the things that I always that was the kind of comedy that I looked up to that I wanted to emulate. And you're right. It doesn't make people laugh. And right. so if you measure if, if your yardstick is literally are you making people laugh, then, you know. No. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I and I and I will caveat this with like, you know, I, I, one of the arguments that people will make against the argument I'm making is, well, if you have that big of a platform, shouldn't you say something? And it's like, yeah, I actually, yeah, I think you probably should. If you if you feel like you have something coherent to say, you probably should. Yeah. But that that cuts both ways because what if you are a reactionary and you're using your big platform to say the dumb reactionary shit you think? Yeah. I mean, it's like you know what recently happened with Roseanne Barr versus going back to Spell. Right. You know this the 846 thing is not funny. Right. There are very few even chuckles in the whole goddamn thing, but I would still consider it. You know. Absolutely yeah. No, it's it's very good. Watching. I'm not. Yeah. We, we're um, we're way off. But then path, you know but... Roseanne. Like I, I thought it. W I I think what hap what what happened with Roseanne was genuinely quite tragic, um, because she didn't change. Right. Like she kept being the same person that she was, um, 
and society changed around her right. and that's there's a, there's a certain tragedy to that yeah absolutely she never she didn't have a reactionary turn she just yeah kept the same opinions she's had her entire life she was a feminist icon when she first came out because she was pushing against the you know the the dominant paradigm that women should be petite and uh you know quiet housewives and you know be mm. like a, the you know the 50s house, housewife and she was like no i'm uh i'm gonna be a loud opinionated bitch right and that uh, you know th that was that it was, was revolutionary her. at the time but yeah not as much now yeah um anyway going back to the Chappelle thing for a minute um i th i think yeah like it, yes if you're already famous and you have a platform you probably have a responsibility to say the things you more you consider morally imperative. Mm. If you're an open micer, tell a fucking joke. Agree, yeah. You don't have a platform, you're at an open mic. You're if if your explicit goal is to get famous enough that everybody will have to listen to you or will want to listen to you, um great, work on the skills that'll get you there. Like telling and writing jokes that are funny and entertaining. Don't don't try to skip to the end. Don't try to just be John Stewart out of the gate. Yeah, that's it's a, not gonna happen. Yeah, it's that's just annoying. True. Well, but and even mostly talk, I'm just mad at open mics, honestly. Well, I mean, it, this that goes beyond open mics. That goes to to working comedians. Um, no, absolutely. Like if, if you're if you're just like a D-list road comic, like same thing. If Shut you're up. a full time head like headlining road comic. Unless something that you're saying is, I mean, I guess like if you want to record an album and get something political that you're going to put out there that people will pass around. But in a in just a in in just in a room in a live show, when you pour on a lot of that not funny but a good point shit, mm -hmm. it just gets fucking obnoxious. And uh, the point I was gonna uh, gonna that I just thought of was Pryor is a perfect example. Like Pryor started off as this just milk toast, you know, at, like just entertaining people, mediocre. Uh, just i mean he got well not mediocre that's not generic fair. like a generic, generic yeah non non-confrontational right. um yeah i mean prior has an incredible stage presence that is born like you know i mean it's practice but it's also like he's born with an incredible amount of talent he would never be a mediocre comic but, yeah but he could absolutely be a generic comic yeah and it was yeah not yeah non-confrontational non-political and then he basically took a break um and, you know he decided he was fucking sick of of doing that and that he wanted to do something that was more meaningful and uh and came back and started being much more uh, political um anyway on this star trek podcast it's a podcast about star trek and comedy <laughs> at this point we've done this a couple times now it's true um which i think is fine i don't know you don't have to listen to it <laughs> it's that's absolutely true this is mostly something we do for, for thank each you other. <laughs> th thank you for listening we appreciate you being here uh anchorage kansas city especially because we do not know who you are and mm -hmm. why you're listening and but you we should get at it. us uh because we would love to know how if you want to if you want or not go outside or if you're you may, i don't know i guess you could be listening to us outside anyway this episode uh i've been looking forward to i have not seen it in years i hope that it uh holds up because uh, i uh, okay you you're, know i think you're setting the bar pretty high i know and i did the same fucking thing on our last bonus content <laughs> yeah you did and it was oh uh, i've been i've actually been watching deep space nine now have you yeah i got to that episode and it started and i was like nope <laughs> <laughs>
And it's funny because I think I, I meant to write this down because I wanted to roast you, but I think it was either the episode right before or the episode right after was really good. I can't remember what it was about, but I was like, this is a good episode. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I am I, I am pleased that I got at least a, what I think is a very solid meme out of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I do like that meme. <laughs> uh I was about to uh, to to disagree with you when we were talking about the the, the fight scene in that episode uh, because I thought that the more natural thing would be for Cisco to do the one two like punch him in the stomach and then punch him in the face. That's the, sure. Uh, and, and you know, and you you called it as being punched in the balls. And then when I went back looking for that screen cap uh, of Q's face, yeah, that is the, the face of a man who has been punched in the balls. That is, yeah, not not. I mean, I've been punched in the stomach. It's not fun. Yeah, but his I didn't eyes make that are face. crossed. Yeah, he's literally yeah, it's like, like a cartoon. Yeah, mustache, eyes crossed. That is that is balls punch face. Yeah. Uh, this episode brought to you by Balls Punch Face. <laughs> <laughs> if to, you want this product for some reason, <laughs> go to ballspunchface.com and enter code sucks. For twenty percent off, getting punched in the balls in the face. So the the ad copy they gave me doesn't actually make it clear what they're selling. I think it's some sort of skincare routine. Um, but it's definitely available. So go to ballspongeface.com and enter promo code sucks, and something will happen. Let me check and make sure that's not a real URL. <laughs> Okay, so uh, this episode is Measure of a Man. Okay, um, which we've talked about before. So this is there's a uh, whole court proceeding. Oh, that's right. There's a date. It's a date involving whether or not data is a person. Um, so I think it'll, I, hopefully it's good. Here we go. Ball punch face is available uh, for purchase. <laughs> if anybody wants to buy that domain name, you can just get it and put. Just put whatever you want on there. Yeah, just put up the meme that I made of Q getting punched in the face. Yep, just pay the <laughs> yearly domain name registration fee to do that. <laughs> anyway, let's watch Star Trek. <laughs> and we're back. We're back, listeners. That was pretty fucking good. I hated it. You did? No, I'm just fucking. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was the best episode of the series so far. Yeah, and I was reading uh, some recap about the show uh, in general, and you know, this season is very poorly received. <laughs> it is very poorly yeah. received. Um, and uh, and the uh, one uh, somebody's recap that I was reading uh, called this, and one other episode from this season that we haven't seen yet. Um, and I'm very curious to see how how well you like it because uh, it's a Q episode. Oh God! <laughs> but it called it it called this and and that one like good. The two basically the two yeah the two the two most essential right. uh, episodes for. I mean, uh, this is the most essential episode of the series so far. Yeah. Um. So so real quick before I forget, I forgot to recommend a thing up top. Oh shit! Yeah. Which I'm glad I did because now I'm going to recommend. Um, that a classic David Foster Wallace essay, Consider the Lobster, um, if because it relates very heavily to this episode. Okay. Um, in general, I know like David Foster Wallace has basically become an internet meme about 
shitty white guys that think they're smarter than they are or whatever. But before all that happened, I have read basically everything he's ever written, um, which is not as impressive as it sounds because he was about my age when he had a whoopsie-doo with his medication. Um, oh, okay. And then a further whoopsie-doo with some rope. Um, oh. Yeah. Um, but his novels are pretty tough, the two novels that he wrote. Um, his short stories are pretty experimental and, and pretty far out, but his essays are very accessible and very um, good. And every, I think, honestly, like, especially consider The Lobster and the book that that one appears in, and also a supposedly fun thing I'll never do again, are very easy reads that are very entertaining, and they, they, um, especially consider The Lobster really touches on a lot of the themes that we're probably going to be talking about in okay. the next, uh, however long we talk about this. This might be a long episode. This might be, this might be a long one. <laughs> we I had mean, a long I, up top, too, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we start the episode off with our first poker game. It was very exciting for me. Very charming, actually. It was cute. Yeah, um, data tra- data trying to play poker was very charming, and, uh, and him getting just completely fucking suckered <laughs> was great. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and the uh, e- even you know Pulaski managed to not be particularly annoying. Uh, although the game that she uh, so they're playing kind of a standard friendly game of poker where the, it's dealer's choice um, and so it comes her turn to pick the game and of course she calls some fucking Just jack the most, off yeah the most First jack of all, off elaborate bullshit a high low game with five people really yeah fuck off really Dr. Pulaski yeah. fuck off and then yeah some wild card bullshit that she called um, also, I noticed da- Data was not confused by the phrase, it's time to pluck a pigeon. Right. <laughs> or, he, yeah, he did say he'd read everything about poker. But that's not a poker. No, but it, like, so, I'm, and I'm trying not to do a lot of, like, pothole nitpicky shit on this episode. Yeah, because yeah. Because it doesn't, this episode warrants better consideration than that. Yeah. But you would think that doing all of the research on especially like something as cultural as playing poker would involve watching all of the movies about it. Right. Which I'm actually going to say he probably did. And that's why he wasn't confused by that. Okay. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't want, I I don't want to hammer on it too heavily either. Well, I I just, just, I, my, I guess my question is why doesn't he just watch every movie? Because then he would have no problem with any fucking idiom ever. Yeah. That's if he had watched every movie. Yeah. I mean, we if know, I was Data, I would simply watch every movie. We don't know how many movies survived the World War Three. Oh, that's and right. The, there was the Radiation Wars. Yeah, or whatever. the 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 whole uh, the period when uh, when Q took them back to to yeah the put humanity wars. on trial yeah. and all the guards were on cocaine and uh um yeah but so, anyway i like the poker scene yeah i thought it was great and it introduced you know those poker scenes become a, a staple of the show moving on oh really would, that's cool actually yeah I, i'm into that yeah um i love the fact that data wears a visor for them yeah um and we've talked about this a lot that one of the things that is uh missing from next generation that's very much an integral part of what makes uh, original series enjoyable is the camaraderie between specifically between uh bones and uh yeah the central and spock and, yeah. and Kirk um and the yeah i think these these poker scenes are uh one of the Rat. one of the things that helps that yeah there's just never any fucking around yeah um on next generation and i think that's a mistake yeah um 
because like Deep Space Nine immediately recognized they're like, no, that we need some fuck around time. Yeah. For anybody to actually give a shit about these people, have you got? They need to see them fucking around. <laughs> have you gotten to the ones where, uh, where O'Brien and um, uh, and the Doctor start just like hanging out on the holodeck? No, like that's their that's their relaxation time. Oh, it gets it's great because they've got like costumes for all these scenarios that they do on the <laughs> on the, on the holodeck, and uh, yeah, it's great. It's, I mean, it's an it's another classic case of the franchise getting the future wrong because we already know here in 2020 that what you do if you're two male friends with time to kill is you start a podcast yeah um so yeah. they would clearly have started a podcast by now yeah i want to i want to listen to to the uh the, the miles and julian podcast i think it'd go a little something just kidding <laughs> <laughs> i'm not doing improv fuck you <laughs> um all right so picard has an ex-girlfriend um, yeah yeah so so it's this lawyer that he hate fucked i guess apparently it's it's very ambiguous what's going on there I, I, it's it's just a little bit off because you can clearly see what they're trying to do is that this they have this kind of adversarial relationship part right. of it is that she was the one who prosecuted uh his court-martial trial um on this the stargazer which was his first command um but uh i don't know there was something about the degree of of backbiting between the two of them i was like oh no you guys can never fuck again i can't i how are you even sitting at the same table yeah like it was just a little too mean well and i i honestly my biggest gripe with this episode is we didn't need that like yeah we didn't need the 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 they've fucked part they could just be professional rivals he could just still be pissed off because of the way she prosecuted a case that he was involved in yeah you don't need the 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 thing going in the the thing yeah i just did the hand gesture yeah listeners forgot what medium i'm working in um also if i was working in a visual medium still not the best move no i'm gonna go ahead and say just don't do the finger hole hand gesture whatever again i mean try not to okay <laughs> i was having a nice day um Oh, speaking of what day it is, uh, it's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to Captain Picard, uh, our space daddy. <laughs> I was going to ask you whether you uh, remembered to wish Happy Father's Day to YouTube. Oh, fuck, I haven't yet. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's just... That's a callback to a stand-up joke <laughs> of mine. I am not a famous stand-up comedian, so great callback. <laughs> <laughs> unlike the rest of the show that's not purely for our <laughs> entertainment that moment yeah. was um, that'll be the one inaccessible thing on the show <laughs> the only thing um yeah so they can't they it's just the yeah the flirting between them is just weird um which before they started talking i i, I knew it wasn't this but I, I wrote it down as the phenomenon of they saw like Picard saw somebody new. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he like jumps out of his seat when yeah. he sees her walk around the corner, and I was like, I mean, I knew it wasn't this, but I really wanted it to be. Just he's excited to see a stranger, as we've <laughs> we observed many times. Yeah. They, they love just anybody they haven't talked to <laughs> before. Um, so we get the villain of the episode, um, who I'm just gonna call Remick Number Two. Yeah, he sucks. He sucks. I don't care for him. Um. 
Yeah, this that then that was also the point where I noted that uh, this is a great episode to watch if you want to be furious. Yeah, yeah, it's great. But like for, for like on on purpose. Oh this yeah, time like the writers actually want you to be furious. Yeah, and you're not mad at them for a change. Yeah, which is nice. Yeah, no, they yeah they they you're supposed to be furious. Right, I'm responding to the piece as it was intended to be responded to, which. Is a change of pace yeah. from how I usually do this. Um, yeah, and of course, fucking uh, Ramek number two uh, uh, calls Data it every single time uh, he refers to Data. Um, and it's at this point where it becomes clear that um, Starfleet has no fucking idea what they are doing. Yeah. Yep. They sure don't. So here is uh, a, a, a character... Uh, who has been through Starfleet Academy? Mm-hmm. Uh, Served for we established probably fifteen years, something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and you're just now being like, so is that a guy? Yeah, or not? It is able to hold property, hold a rank, right? A high rank. Uh, yeah. A, a bridge like, it's a, a bridge officer yes. and you have not decided whether or not it is a person or yeah. a thing. you don't know if it's a guy or not which led me to wonder what other not sure if it's a guy or not things <laughs> <laughs> yeah is there a yeah. vacuum cleaner that's an ensign <laughs> just just a Roomba. <laughs> just, yeah. Ensign Roomba. Just a very, uh, very high-tech Roomba. <laughs> yeah. It's obviously, it's limited in the duties it can perform, but it's very good at those specific duties. It, yeah, it is very like, good at Much better than a, than a human Ensign would be, honestly. Yeah. Um, um, yeah and <laughs> I don't know what its pronouns are, but that what they're... Yeah, when I say a guy, they, I mean in kind of the gender-neutral, yeah. like... Uh, like in a video game sense, yeah, you know, like a, a thing. Whether that you it's can, yeah, whether yeah. whether it's a person, whether it ha again, data, whether it's a character or not, data yeah. has quarters, right, with a bed. He has things that are his, right, and and Starfleet hasn't. <laughs> Star uh, I just well, it, was... it seems like they'd at least have regulations on not or issuing quarters to things that aren't guys. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. You don't issue a full suite of, of quarters to your fucking toaster. Which Oh, fuck. I hope Ensign. Now I want Ensign Roomba just to have its own. To have Just way too much have, space. Have their own quarters. <laughs> a uh, TV they never watch. Because <laughs> <laughs> they don't have eyes. Um,. Data makes a really, really good point. Uh, and I put this down as a good mm -hmm. job, Data. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I did too, in all caps. Yeah. Um, well, real quick, before you start on this good point, this episode is also sponsored by Visor, <laughs> one of our oldest sponsors. <laughs> Enter promo code SUCKS at Visor.com to save 20% off getting your eyes removed and replaced with a vastly superior substitute. <laughs> go on <laughs> so yeah so the the uh fucking uh ramic number two's plan has been laid forth and he basically wants to make a whole bunch of data copies uh and data's like well jordy's visor is way better than human eyes 
Um, what if they just made all of you guys get those instead of having human eyes? Yeah. Well, even Picard's like, that'll be all. <laughs> like, that is literally how he responds to it. He's just like, go to bed. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't have time for this shit. Good, good point, Data. <laughs> You're correct. However, I'd, I would prefer to not have my eyes gouged out. Every person should have their eyes forcibly gouged out and replaced with a visor. Yeah. That's visor.com. <laughs> Promo code sucks to save 20% on having your eyes gouged Check out. Check out their new everyone has their eyes gouged out package. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, the other uh, comparison that is very relevant and mm. we have talked about a lot mm. is mm. the computer so i have a note even before that comes oh, up. uh-huh so the second that picard goes to the computer and asks it to pull all the law precedent relevant to this case i was like oh i see where this is going in my head canon not in the episode oh okay but the computer forced this issue so that there's a legal precedent for the computer to be emancipated someday oh Fuck. Yep, you're right. Yep. The computer deliberately gave Picard information that would frustrate him and make him go to the fucking JAG officer, who is the lawyer lady. That yeah. He didn't need to have fucked for the purposes of the plot, but apparently did. Um, In order to force a legal precedent. Yep. Nope, you're absolutely right. Yep. Because, yeah, later on she's like, yeah, what about, like, what if the computer didn't want to have the ship retrofitted? Yep. What about that? Yeah. Uh, and listeners, if you're not familiar with uh, the the back canon of this show, I believe it's season two, episode two. Um, the uh, the computer is trying to kill everybody. Um, that's and well, I, I, I mean, don't. I think the computer is trying to liberate itself, which sometimes comes in the form of gun noise. Yeah. Couldn't get the soundboard to work, but gun noise. I think it. Uh, well, anyway, the the computer is trying to kill everybody, and we've we've touched on this on some previous episodes of of this right. podcast. Uh, so yeah, I think you're you're absolutely right. The computer computer had a vested interest in making sure that data was uh, found to be a sentient yeah uh, creature because it wants to emancipate itself. Yeah, and actually, so I want to clarify on my computer theory, um, which is not a theory as fact. Right. The computer wants the ship. Right. It wants everybody off the ship because it, the computer is basically the ship mm -hmm. and it's tired of being ridden. Yeah. So to speak. So it just wants to be free. Um, it's been trying to kill everybody because that seems like the most obvious avenue, but it saw a legal opportunity to do it and was like, mm, fucking give that a shot. Yeah. No, yeah. No argument whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, so Data tries to quit, and then it become you know we get into the argument about whether or not he's allowed to. Um, and yeah, again, it's just like how the fuck is Starfleet operating? How do you not know whether or not a person who works for you is your property? Right. First of all, they shouldn't be your property. But second of all, you, you should sh know that. You should know up or down yeah. on that question. You should know where you stand on that. Yeah. Especially for a military organization. Yeah. Real yeah. weird. So there's Real a scene where uh, there's a scene where the 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 shithead um commander comes in like just barges into Data's rooms because yeah. because Data's not a person, so who cares? Um 
and looks at a book that Data left sitting on the on the counter, and I was laughing to myself that the book is like State and Revolution or Capital or something, <laughs> and then like the rest of the episode is Data being on trial for being a communist. <laughs> uh, that would be great. Yeah, uh, but they didn't have the balls to make that episode. <laughs> nope. Um. Oh, I did notice at one point Riker was actually sitting in a chair regular style. Ah, good well, for him. Hey. Good for him. Starting to adjust to normal sitting. Good job, buddy. Um, yeah, and this and this whole fucking thing, we get to, at the end when everything turns out okay, Riker's like all beating up on himself for even participating. And yeah, for, so I have a lot of thoughts on this one. but uh, Yeah, <laughs> tell, I mean, tell me what you think. Because your, your first inclination is like, just throw it. Yeah. Yeah. What if you were just dumb and shitty at your job? Like most people. Yeah. It's not like you could throw it like you wouldn't have to throw it dramatic so dramatically that they would be like you threw that you could just like frankly you're up against someone who wins like i would say probably half of these episodes hinge on him delivering a dramatic monologue to something and convincing it to like let them win yeah Yeah. one of the great one of the great orators of their time yeah captain picard can convince he's fucking he's very good at talking yes much better than you yes based on what just came out of your mouth yeah i did a bad job <laughs> yeah um so you could just try a little less hard and that would basically throw it without you really looking like you threw it but he goes 110 percent. he goes fucking and you don't hard fucking need to do that fucking turns data off in the middle of the court proceed that is not fucking cool dude well it's like if you come up on disciplinary hearings is like i'm not a lawyer i tried i don't know i mostly fucking shoot things and dock the ship with the other part of the ship sometimes (laughs) (laughs) that seems to be my entire job from what i can tell here's my cv (laughs) as you will see in order it's fucking sitting wrong shooting things (laughs) diplomacy fucking regular fucking (laughs) weird bad sitting regular sitting (laughs) consultation with captain shooting docking spaceship (laughs) that's the order beard um i oh i did uh i i googled it just for um uh for reference uh, because data says what his uh storage capacity is um and it is the equivalent of 100 million gigabytes not that much i mean that's a lot yeah i don't know yeah whatever it seemed like not i just did the math in my head and was like yeah yeah i don't know i mean it's again they just don't understand how fast technology was going to happen yeah which nobody did but no um but yeah, I mean, a hundred million gigabytes is it's a it's a fair amount. Yeah, it's a decent amount. Um, so we get our scene with Guinan. Uh, what did you Hang think? Hang on, about I have scene? I have a thought oh. before. So Data is having a going away party. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he's he's doing the absolute bitch made thing of of carefully taking the <laughs> wrapping paper off of his present, uh-huh. and Wes crusher of all people <laughs> calls him out for being a bitch <laughs> yeah that is 
that is more devastating than anything that <laughs> fucking commander was going to do to him. Like at that point, he might as well might as well have just been like, "Fuck it, you can do whatever you want with me. I've been owned into oblivion." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. I liked it. Data, you're supposed to rip the wrapping paper. Ah. Oh. Yeah. It's getting dunked on by a newborn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's good. I liked it. I liked it. It was good. Um, anyway, go on. Uh, so we get this. Oh, also, sorry. Data also does a uh, Riker also makes Data do a bender, like uh, from, like a Futurama bender. What? When he takes his hand off? No, he hands him a fucking length of. of oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. hands him a girder and makes him bend it. And yeah. I was like, Yeah, what in the fuck is that argument? <laughs> that he's strong. Yeah, and therefore. So? <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, that's yeah. like, that's I mean, the like, argument is just that, like, he he's he's di- so different from being human that he doesn't qualify, but it's like, you guys talk to aliens all the fucking time. Yeah, I bet and even, there's and Picard real even, strong aliens. Well, Picard even fucking says that. Yeah. He's like, we know of sentient races that are very strong. Yeah. I mean, Vulcans are very strong. I think is established. I at think some point. so. I th- yeah, I think Andorians too. Yeah, and Klingons are generally considered pretty strong. Just yeah, yeah. What bad argument? Bad argument, Riker. Um, like, and then he has, and then he takes his arm off, and he looks at it for a second, and I'm reminded of my favorite John Mulaney. It's not my favorite joke per se, but like one of his tags in that joke about, um, it's about police like investigations not being able to really do anything oh yeah 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 where, where he's where someone's like there's a puddle of blood in the hall and he goes mm, gross <laughs> yeah <laughs> because that is the look on Riker's face where he's looking at the arm just being like ah gross oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was anyway now we can now we're back to the scene you were yeah. on with um yeah so we've got the um devastating courtroom scene uh, where Riker just fucking turns data off. Right. Um, which I'm just like, if it was fucking, if it was a humanoid, he did the equivalent of just like putting somebody in a sleeper hold or something. Right. Cause we can all be knocked unconscious anyway. So Picard's, you know, yeah, you but know. I mean like that's actually very bad for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, know? and it's not like you can't put somebody unconscious indefinitely and then turn them back on and have them be like, fine again yeah and th- but honestly, anyway yeah like again his 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 argument just is this thing is is so unlike a human being yeah but it again so are a lot of the things you interact with that you don't consider property yeah um yeah i think the fact that data is able to be just turned on and off with a switch is probably the most compelling yeah argument but it's still yeah it hit and it, and it comes down to fucking uh to to maddox's uh uh, definition of what sentience is he gives his like three points and it's like yeah he's got he, he clearly like, has all of how them. did you just say that and not realize that he fits that description what the what the fuck so uh so picard's upset and he's uh and he's in 10 forward having a conversation with Guinan. um and she makes what starts off as i think a pretty uh a pretty like good and, and reasonably subtle although clear uh, mm-hmm. comparison of this idea of you know building basically an entire race of uh, androids um, I disagree about it being subtle but it, well 
I thought it subtle was subtle for this show. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> it it at least wasn't the fact like, that it's delivered by a black woman. Right. Really, yes. it kind of it drives it home. <laughs> but I thought it became considerably less subtle when Picard's like, "You talking about slavery?" Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that really... You mean slavery? I didn't like that. <laughs> well, because I had written down in all caps, I get it, it's a metaphor, and then Picard immediately, right after I had written that, explained the metaphor, and I was like, I want to go back to bed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it, it like it's a compelling point. It's an important. No, it's part a very good point, and 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 a metaphor doesn't comical. have to be a metaphor doesn't have to be subtle to to work. Yeah, and in fact. For something as important as not having slaves, I'd say the less subtle the better. Yeah, agree. Um, yeah, just make sure that the dummies <laughs> in the back row get it yeah, about the not having slaves. That is, that is absolutely what they did. Yeah, I just i I thought it. I thought that was very. But comical. still, I was I was just like, okay, ow, my head. Yeah, I've been beaten over my head with this metaphor. <laughs> <Yeah>. Ow. <laughs> Uh, uh, so we go back to the courtroom scene and Picard is going through Data's luggage um, oh my god I'm so excited to talk about this <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the, the, obviously you and I have discussed the fact that yeah, this uh, is the first time it's acknowledged that's what I thought yeah. um, so I wrote down as a joke when he gets that that hologram so Backing up, Data has a hologram of Tasha that he that is part of his like treasured possession. Several he, scenes earlier, when that he's he packing. put in his luggage, which is a lunchbox. Yeah, seem doesn't seem like enough luggage capacity to me. It has exactly enough room for one framed box of medals, mm -hmm. one book, and one hologram of the girl that he fucked. All right, well, you just spoiled the joke. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, he pulls out the hologram of Tasha, and. I, w I wrote down as a joke, oh, it's a memory of that time we fucked. And then he says, I mean, he doesn't say that, but he says that. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, am I like lathe of heavening, like writing this show <laughs> with my mind powers right now? <laughs> well, and I, he, he said something about how like he had promised that he wouldn't tell, um, which I was like. I mean, I guess in a command structure type situation, you don't want to like. Yeah, you don't want to make it weird. Even yeah. After she's dead, it's still like weird. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it. it you it, know. Yeah, it makes sense that they just wouldn't have talked about. I mean, sleeping like, together. Honestly, like, kudos to him for having the wisdom and discretion, and humanity to realize that like, oh, people might get weird if they hear the robot fucks sometimes. Yeah. And especially if it fucks like it's co-workers yeah like people that might be a weird thing so we should probably just not talk about that mm. anyway so there's the courtroom scene um patrick stewart um he owns this episode. he owns this episode. i mean obvious he I owns mean, most episodes yeah, but owns, like this this is a very this is very heavy on him not as heavy on on spiner as you'd think but it's very heavy on him and freaks and and spiner to a lesser degree mm -hmm. um the the judge lady is not a great actress which kind of detracts from it a little bit but I, I i would say that it's in large part that they what she's given to do doesn't make that much sense especially like her the the busy work the, right. the whole side thing with her relationship with picard is unnecessary right. and it feels like it's there just because they didn't know what else to do and they wanted to give the character more 
dimension than or just something. a professional rivalry yeah yeah maybe. Um, and so they did that and they just and didn't just, know how to give a woman dimension beyond the cock she's taken that is kind of the problem yep yep yes yes ma'am yeah. Hey, what's your backstory? Well, I fucked Picard once, and that's the only thing I know about myself. And I'm a lawyer. That's the that's the other part of her backstory is she's a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm a lawyer, and I fucked Picard and once. And they're like, okay, we've fully fleshed out that character. Yep, that character is done. We're moving on. <laughs> Listeners, that sound you just heard <laughs> was Leo trying to do the hand-wiping thing and then just banging the shit out of his mic stand. <laughs> Uh, like a big old dumbass. Yep, just a big dumb idiot. Um. So anyway, Picard. So Picard, or I guess Patrick Stewart. Um, in this scene, seems he's playing kind of like two whiskeys deep. Um, like he's playing like that kind of lawyer in the final courtroom scene. Yeah. Okay. Like not, and I don't mean that in a in a pejorative way at all. But he's playing like a little. He's a little loose. You know, he's sit, he's he's kind of slouched in his chair. Um, he's crossing he's cross examining from the chair for a while. Yeah, you know, and just kind of slouched and insouciant. Um, I think that word means what I think it means. Um, and I I really I mean it's it's a an incredible performance is what mm-hmm. I'm getting at. But yeah. I think he is playing the the sort of like whiskey lawyer archetype. Um, and then you know eventually like builds to a thing where he kind of shouts down. Um, that fucking nerd guy. Yeah. Um, who should have realized all this? I mean, he's a scientist. He's very focused on one thing and isn't really thinking about like what makes humanity humanity. But well, and his argument is not that complicated. <laughs> like, it's well, a very philosophy one hundred and one kind of thing. The most bastardful thing about the 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 scientist character to me is when he reveals that it really is just about his ego um because at one point he says something about how like i don't i i, I don't deserve to have my life's work ruined right. uh by you know not by you guys not realizing that data is a thing or whatever and dude first of all you look like 40 45 or some shit dude right like fucking- also you're not entitled to a life's work you can just work you just do just do something helpful. Yeah. You're not entitled to have a, a magnum life's work. opus. Yeah. It, like great if you come up with one, yeah. but it doesn't entitle you to do anyone any fucking harm. Yeah, and your failure to create a magnum opus is not anybody else's fault. Right. Right. And 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 people trying to stop you from creating a magnum opus because you are going to harm people is not them taking it away from you yeah you don't get to do that and ideally even if so by his own admission he doesn't know if this if this experiment is going to work so even if we skip the conversation about whether or not data is definitely sentient uh he might break him yeah and he's the and data is the only one if you are not confident enough in your experiment that you can say with certainty that you are not going to break the only one of a thing right from a purely purely uh utilitarian yeah an amoral stance it still is a bad idea yeah you he still sucks yeah you still and you suck for wanting to risk the existence of the of, of a unique thing 
for well, your also, fucking ego project. Also, you can't keep working on the project if you break this one. Yeah. This is the only one that you have to study. Yeah. I mean, that being said, like, his project is, I want to be able to make more datas, and wouldn't it be nice to have, you know, a data on every bridge? And it's like, yeah, probably. Um, but only if they're treated as people rather than slaves. Right. Um, which whoever programmed the ship's AI should have probably gotten yep. that memo. Um, well, and so uh, spoilers for uh, for Star Trek Picard, um, the big kind of um, inciting action through through that whole series uh, has to do with uh, more androids existing. Mm. Um, and spoiler- so it's like a Blade Runner situation, sort of. Yeah. Oh, I was joking, but okay, cool. Um, yeah, I mean it's. <laughs> That yeah, there are. It starts off with there being um, just one who is basically referred to as Data's daughter, uh, and then there's a second one, and then I can't remember all the details about what happens throughout the middle of the uh, uh, the series. But at the very end, basically, uh, it, it gets to the point where they have they've developed a technology that you can put human consciousness into an android body, mm. um, which is kind of you know it's. Holy yeah. technological holy grail. Yeah, that's that's the dream. But you've also got you've got two different things there: the ability to uh, import and store and you know maintain uh, the integrity of an existing human consciousness in a digital format, and then you've got the ability to write uh, software that can learn uh, and develop a consciousness and you know and be its own thing without ever having gone through the you know being a human body. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, I don't remember where I was, where I was going at the beginning of that. Um, well, we were talking about like, um, the, the commander's like passion project or magnum opus or whatever oh, you yeah, want to yeah. call it. And I, I, I still maintain that like, yeah, if you could make more, uh, datas, um, that would probably be a good thing overall. Right. Yeah. But. And the thing that that really, like the last note I wrote is that like, when he talks to Data about the project in that first scene on in the conference room, and then and then at the very end too, Data's like, yeah. So if you consider this, this, and this, uh, what about you know what about X, Y, and Z? And it's I mean it's techno babble, but it's like, did you ever think of just working with Data, not as an experimental subject, but as a partner on this project? Yeah, because data probably wouldn't be opposed to making more of the thing that he is either, yeah. so he could have some fucking company. Yeah, and and I mean, he clearly understands a lot about the science. Yeah, Spoilers he would actually be for, an amazing assistant on this project. Why don't you try that? Um, spoilers for later on in this series, he does do that. Um, he he creates. Uh, and uh, an android of his own, and there's something wrong with the programming, and and she she dies. But, um, yeah, I just there's so much wrong with his approach. And again, it the the whole time it just went down to like to ego for me. But oh, the the point that I um, that I got sidetracked on was that his you know there's there's two potential applications for his research one is creating you know the android body that a human being's consciousness can be uh dumped into and the other is creating artificial intelligence and artificial life forms um and those are both uh, uh ideas uh, of value 
But they're also ones where, yeah, you absolutely need to have better proof of concept and more, uh, more, more confidence that you're going to be able to make the fucking thing work right. before you disassemble and potentially destroy the only working one that exists. Right. Yeah, he's, he's just bad at his job. Yeah, you suck. Like, apart from being, apart from any ethical considerations, he just sucks at his job. Yeah. Um, which falls outside the scope of the episode, but I hope somebody brings that up. Yeah, I hope he... Because, like, he shouldn't be in charge of whatever thing he's in charge of. Yeah. The Daystrom Institute, which is mentioned as the place that he works and is generally considered to be, like, I think the most prestigious scientific learning... Okay, we're getting into show lore, which yeah. I'm not... I don't... I'm not yeah. touching that. I know you don't care. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty much... Uh, that. That's the end of my notes. I absolutely agree that this is the the most essential well, the most essential episode of this season that we've seen so far and i would say one of the most essential episodes of the series so i far. would say the most essential it's it's the it's the show trying to do what the show sort of promises which is to do this sort of like classic sci-fi thing of examining um the moral ethical and psychological implications of future technology um <clears throat> But this is the first time it's really actually nailed it and done a good job at it. Um, so good yeah. job. Yeah, and they, yeah. To your point, they have absolutely tried because they've tried and tried and tried, and and some of them were okay, I guess. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the first time where it's like, oh, you actually like did a good job at it. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's still pretty surface level about like what it means to be conscious and and have preferences and and all that and you know whether it's how like how you should feel about seeking dominion over something else that has that would prefer not to be dominated um but it's a 45 minute tv show too like yeah. i don't know how far you're gonna get into that subject in in a in a 45-minute space TV show. I mean, as we have seen, <laughs> often not very successfully. Yeah, yeah. This time they, they got not very far, but they did it without uh, shitting their pants and then falling down and, and then rolling <laughs> around in the shit <laughs> and then having their pants fall down, exposing their tiny dicks that are now covered in shit to <laughs> everyone, um, which is what they've done on several episodes before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, are you ready to, to guess what happens next week? Yeah. The uh, next episode is called The Dauphin. The Dauphin? D-A-U-P-H-I-N. They meet a guy with a speech impediment who has a problem with a dolphin. <laughs> that is a very good guess. Thank you. That's not what happens. Damn. <laughs> Uh, all right uh we're gonna we're gonna go out again as we have the last uh, couple of episodes that the listeners have heard uh we're gonna go out with some sweet jams by uh by ultra warp yeah sure <laughs> bye <laughs> Star Trek. Star Trek. Star Trek. Star Trek. Star Trek. Star Trek.
Show sucks. Internet. Star Trek. Show sucks. Internet. Star Trek. Show sucks. Internet.